Such a blessing this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. Turn with me to places. Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. And hold your place there. And we'll also be uh, reading Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verses 12 through 21. So Mark 3, 31 through 35, and Acts 15, 12 through 21. Let us hear God's word. Mark 3, beginning with verse 31. Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. And then at Acts chapter 15, beginning with verse 12. Then all the multitude, all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barabbas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things known to God from eternity and are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. And now may it speak to our hearts and lives in such a way that we will be challenged, changed, and never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in our series called The Easter Effect. We are talking about how Easter should affect us more than just having a holiday once a year or more than it even being known as a holy day once in a year. Easter should have a lasting effect on our life. 
And, and we talked about how it affected different ones around the Easter story. Of course, there was Mary of Magdala or Mary Magdalene. And uh, we saw that when she heard the voice of Jesus call her name, it made the whole difference. It reminded her of their relationship. It reminded her of what Jesus had done for her and all uh, that went along with that. And then there were Peter and there was Peter and his disciples and how they went back to fishing. And I, I know on first thought you would think that's sort of a odd thing or, or, or kind of even a bad thing to just go back to fishing after the resurrection. But no, they went back to where they first met Jesus on the seashore. And of course, they have an encounter with Jesus again. And then last week, we talked about John, known as John, the one whom Jesus loved, John the Beloved. And we talked about that God has labeled all of us as His Beloved, and nobody else gets to label us. Amen? We don't get to label each other. Nobody gets to label us as any certain thing. Only God gets to label us, and He is labeling all of us as His Beloved. And as we know who we are as His Beloved, then we can walk in the love that He and grace that He has for us. And so I'm coming to this one on this Mother's Day and talking about some family affairs that are going around, and it is about James, the brother of Jesus. James, the half-brother of Jesus. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, there is no way that it could have been easy growing up being the brother of Jesus. I mean, I mean think about that. And I imagine that, yes, it's Mother's Day, but I imagine that Mary, who we all look up to as a, a great mother, probably at least once said to James, James, can't you be a little more like your brother Jesus? You know, that had to come out. Or, or can't you, or, or James, um, I bet Jesus wouldn't have done it that way or didn't, would not have done that and all. So I, I imagine that it was not all it was cracked up to be to be raised as the brother of Jesus. But um, the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about James. We know that he was one of his brothers. We know in Matthew 13, 55, it says, Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And, and so he's named there. But in this case, he's kind of seen as an ordinary person because they're already saying Jesus is just this ordinary person and, and, and James is his brother. And so... Not much is made of James there. And then in Mark chapter 3, verses 31 and 32, he has an encounter with Jesus. He and his mom and all come up and it says, Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside they sent to him, calling him, and a multitude was standing, sitting around Jesus, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And what does Jesus do? He uses them as an object lesson and says, Who are my mother and my brothers? For anyone who does the will of God, they are my brothers and my sisters and my, and, and my mother. So I'm sure that James and Mary and them did not really appreciate Jesus using them as an object lesson. I don't know, my kids are not crazy about it when I use them as an object lesson in sermons as well. But we, we need to understand that, so James is just kind of this regular guy, but somewhere along the way, James becomes a believer. We're not sure exactly when that is. It may have been when he, uh, Jesus appeared to him uh, as the resurrected Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 7 says, After 
Jesus was seen by James, then by all of the apostles. So James did, Jesus did show himself as the resurrected Jesus and, uh, and to James and that he was alive. And so maybe that was the time when James really said, gracious, he is who he says he is. But what we do know, we're not sure exactly when all of that happens, but what we do know is that by the time of Acts chapter 15, the church is going through its first major spat. And I know churches never have spats. But anyway, even I tell you what, it makes me feel good to know that even the early church with Peter and Paul and all of them and Mary, Peter, Paul, Mary, get it. But anyway, with all of them, they still had church spats. And even in their first church spat, we hear from James. Look at verses, uh, chapter 15, verse 13 through 15. And after they became silent, James answered saying, Brothers and sisters, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out them a people for his name, for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. And what James does, I believe, with wisdom and with spiritual maturity, James listened to them. He listened to the testimony, and then he turns them to God's word. For the final say so. And they look at God's word there and they see how God says through the prophets that yes, you're going to be a light to the Gentiles as well. See, what was happening during those times is that there were many Gentiles that were coming to know Jesus, but until then it had really been a Jewish, a, a Jewish sect. In other words, folks were practicing Jewish law and then coming to Christ. And so they were saying that the Gentiles, in order for them to be a good Christian, needed to also adhere to all of the Jewish traditions, things like circumcision, which, by the way, if, if you want a baby when you got it, you know, I, I'm just saying. But anyway, but, uh, uh, you know, things like that and, and things like not eating um, pork and things like that. Thank the Lord Peter had the dream that God said, uh, don't call any of my creations unclean. Take, eat and, all, uh, eat and all, and thank the Lord he did that so that we could have bacon. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, thank God for bacon. Hallelujah. Somebody know that. They, amen. Somebody told me after the last service, that's the candy of meats. I believe it. I believe it. But anyway, but those, uh, and, and so what, what James ends up doing is saying, yes, that we are to reach out to the Gentiles and all, and we don't need to trouble them with things that really are not, you know, that are not necessary. And he comes down and says, the things that are necessary, there's a few, and not, not doing things that are polluted by idols, uh, sexual immorality, and a few of other things. Let's tell them, no, you need to abstain for that. But for the rest of it, for the rest of those traditions, you can, do, you can be a good Christian without following that part. And what I see here is James has become, from him being just this onlooker, younger brother of Jesus, he has become a person of spiritual maturity and wisdom in such a way that he helps them solve the first church conflict, major church conflict that's there. Now, how many of you, and maybe there are some mothers here today, uh, I, I've seen memes before, mothers and fathers or whatever, how many of you have heard of this term called adulting? 
And, and you know, because uh, now it's one of those things, and you see the memes, I do not feel like adulting today. I, I do not feel, and what it means is, I don't feel like dealing with the adult problems in my life right now, or whatever. Or, or I, uh, along with adulting, going to have to be a lot of coffee, or some say a lot of wine, or whatever it is. I mean, that helps, uh, helps them to adult there. And, um, but, but we hear that adulting thing now, and, and what I want to talk about today is, we should all be growing like James did from wherever we are in Christ. Maybe you're here today and you haven't given your life to Christ and you need to take that first step. We all should be growing from wherever we are in Christ to be the spiritual adults that God is growing us into and that God has designed for us to be. And so I want to talk about, for a few minutes this morning, the signs and some tips for spiritual adulting. And where did I go to get them? I went to the book of James. The other day I read the whole book of James in preparation for this sermon. I was like, good gracious, we can do a whole series out of that book. I mean, there is good stuff. But I just took out three things today that I think will help us and are good signs of spiritual adulting. So let's look at them for a few minutes this morning. The first is this, do not show partiality. Do not show partiality. In other words, do not show favoritism. James says it very clear in James chapter 2, verse 1. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. In other words, he is saying don't treat one group one way and another person or another group another way. We are to treat people equally. We are should, uh, we, we're not to kiss up to the fine dressed and the folks that... Uh, might be able to do something for us, but we are to be Christ for the world to everyone that we, uh, that we come in contact with. James 2 verses 8 and 9 says it like this, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. I don't know how much clear uh, it could get. We are not to show favoritism. We are not to show uh, partiality. God loves all of us. I love what St. Augustine said that time. God loves each and every one of us as if we were the only one to love. And we're supposed to love one another in that way as well. There was a story of this church, uh, a small church, but it was growing and, and just God was moving there and people were coming to it and so they were filling up the sanctuary pretty quickly. And one Sunday the sanctuary was all full except there was like one seat on the front row and there was a fella that came in and, and, um, and he, he was kind of looking kind of rough and he had kind of come, off, come in off the street and, and didn't smell too good and was dirty and his clothes were ripped and all. And he started up the aisle and just before he got to the aisle, somebody sat down in that last seat. So you know what he did? He sat down on the floor right in front of the front pew. And everybody in there was like, oh my gracious, what is he doing? What, what's going on there? He's going to be distracting and all of that and everything. And so they all kind of looked to their head deacon, this fellow that had been in the church for like 70 years, and he, he was like 80 years old, but he was the head honcho, the head deacon. And he came walking in, and he walked with a cane, and they all looked to him to go and take care of this matter. 
And so he comes down the uh, aisle there and walking down the aisle and they could just hear the cane going. And whenever he gets over the guy, everybody's just waiting for him to has, ask the guy to stand up and go to the back or go out or whatever. But you know what he does? He doesn't do that. He takes his hand, puts it on a chair, and he gets down on the floor and sits down beside him and says, can I worship with you today? And folks, I'm here to tell you that's the kind of love and the grace that we need to be showing people all the time and letting them know that God loves them like that and we do as well. Do not show partiality. Second of all is this, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. James says this, and I know this is, I, I, you can get in discussions all day about, well, you know, well, we're not, it's not works righteousness. We're not saved by our works. No, we're not. But what James is making clear is the fact that if we have the faith that we say we have, then we are going to live like, we, uh, like God wants us to live. Faith without works is dead. James 2.17. That's also faith by itself. If it does not have works, is dead. See, if we are spiritually adulting, then our faith is going to be shown through our works. Our faith is going to be... We're not just going to be talking the talk. We're going to be walking the walk. Our faith is going to be displayed by what we are doing, not so that we can get accolades, not so that we can get a pat on the back, but because we are living for Jesus. And as we spiritually grow, it should be shown in how we live. I mean, think about it, folks. You remember Paul talks about whenever uh, we first get born again or when we first give our life to Christ, we are like spiritual babies. We're like spiritual babies, and, and, we, we, uh, and babies, they drink milk, you know. And, and then later, when they get teeth and everything, they grow up more, then they can start eating meat. And he talks about we should be, upon, we should be uh, not still after years of being a Christian. We shouldn't be on milk. We should be on meat like bacon. Amen. But anyway, but we, we should be on that. And, and kind of like, uh, you know, if, if hey, if, if, a, if a baby is breastfeeding, that is a totally natural thing. But if a 20-year-old is still breastfeeding, then something's weird. Amen? I mean, just it is, you know. And, and, and because, and that's the thing, as we are a Christian longer and longer, we should be growing spiritually in that, and it should show in our works. James 2.18 says it like this, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And James says, I will show you my faith by my works. Folks, the whole book of James is really saying we need to build our life on our faith. And we need to live our life so that we're not just saying we believe one thing, but living something else. But we are living out our faith with our works. And number three is this, tame the tongue. Oh, I know, I know. Mm. I know I've gone to meddling now, amen. Tame the tongue. Notice that the Jerusalem Council, notice that James started his time by first listening. He listened to the testimonies. Look, James, uh, I mean, he listened to the testimonies and insights before he ever said anything, and then he turns to the Word, and then he says his piece on that. 
And his peace is a positive peace. He says, listen, look at what God's Word says. We shouldn't be troubling them in that way when they're coming to Christ. And folks, here's the thing. There is power in our tongue. There is power in our tongue. In fact, uh, in fact, there is power. James says it in verse 8 and 9 of chapter 3. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image of God. And there is power in the tongue. And I'm just going to go ahead and say social media is an extension of the tongue. Amen? And we need to think about it. We need to pray about it. Before we say that thing that we know is going to hurt someone, before we write that post or before we make that comment that we just have to make because we're right about it and we know everything about it, you know what I'm talking about. Before we do that, or before we tell that person and give them a piece of our mind, we need to tame the tongue and ask God, is this blessing? Or is this cursing? Is this lifting and building somebody up? Or is this downplaying and putting somebody down? We are called to be a people that are speaking blessings into others' life. And, amen. And doing just that. See, sometimes, some folks, how many of you know folks that just love to talk? Now, if they're beside you, don't go nudging them or whatever or look at them. I'm talking about folks that love to talk that sometimes you're with them and you can't even get a word in. Or also there's folks sometimes that their mind's running so fast that, um, that they're, and they're thinking about, they don't hear a word you say because they're thinking about what they are ready to say next. You know what I'm talking about? And folks, can, we can be like that sometimes. And, and, and some folks really rather talk than listen, but God gave us two ears, one mouth. I think that tells us something. We should be doing this twice as much listening. Uh, Harry Demon said that some folks, the mind is outrunning the mouth, but most folks, the mouth outruns the mind. And he called it constipation of the mind and diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> and I'm afraid there's a lot of people living like that, and so many times it's tempted for us to do that. I remember years ago, I would do a children's time, and probably have done it here before, but I would do a children's time, and because of COVID, I, I, and I figured we'd have it everywhere up here if, if we did that, because I love our lively bunch. Amen. Amen. They're awesome. But anyway, I used to do a children's time, and I would bring a tube of toothpaste, and I would open it up and put some toothpaste on several of the kids' fingers and all, and then I'd say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, and I'd put a big old glob on there, and, and I want you to try to get that toothpaste back in to the tube. I want you to try to get the toothpaste back into the tube. And you'd see them trying to get it in there, trying to get it in there. They would get it. Like I say, we would have had it. We would have had us a good time up here. Amen. You know, once that toothpaste is out of the tube, it's hard to get it back in. And that's the same thing with the words that we say. And we need to be speaking blessings into people's lives. We need to use our words and our tongue to praise God and not to put others down or not to get our point across. Tonight, I mean this morning, it is now our time to live like spiritual adults 
Folks, this world needs some spiritual adults in it. Amen? Amen. The church needs spiritual adults. Our nation needs some spiritual adults. And so we pray that God will help us build our life in that way. Let us pray. Lord, this morning in this place, we thank you. We thank you that um, even in times that there's so much chaos, that you are still calling us to adult spiritually so that others may see and may know your love. Lord, we pray right now if there's anybody in this place, and Lord, if there's any of us here that we know there's an area in our life spiritually where we need to grow, maybe it's a habit we need to put down and ask for your deliverance from. Maybe it's something that we're not doing that we should start doing. Maybe it's taming the tongue. Or maybe it's living the life. Or maybe we've been showing some partialities to some folks where we just, we need to stop the favoritism and reach out to all people. Lord, I pray right now that you will help us adult today and tomorrow and the next day so that we can be your shining light to the world. If there's anyone in this place or watching online or in overflow that needs to simply say, Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be your beloved. I want to wear that label and wear it well. Lord, we pray right now that you will just lead us to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.